whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, International Vaccine Report, and the International Report on your freedom infringements to come, as if they haven't already been there. For the last three years, now they're expanding the controls over your life and your ability to move around, even in your hometown. This is Dr. Lee for America with Dr. Mike Eden, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, and journalist Andrea Klarich with the International Report on Vaccines and More. Dr. Eden has some explosive information from the UK. And we're going to be talking about other explosive information from Dr. Gilthorpe discussing with me the Daigle report on the Erie population forecast for a 68% decline in the United States population by 2025, 68%. And all of you listening, this report today is one you cannot afford to miss. There, are, there is shocking information that is happening overseas that is setting the stage for what's to come to America, North America in its entirety, but especially the United States as well. I really think all of you need to pay close attention today. And we also have shocking information to bring you about the history, the real history of the smallpox vaccine that we have just been provided with research from the archives in the UK that go back to 1889 and discuss the real history of the smallpox vaccine that everyone's been told has been such a success story Well, it turns out that they've been covering up problems with the vaccines all the way back to the late 1800s in the 1880s with the smallpox vaccine. And today's truth report is going to bring you a lot of truth that you definitely aren't getting in the media. So with that, I'd like to, uh, Dr. Eden, tell us what's going on in the UK that has been so devastatingly bad news and shocking in terms of what the evil agenda is now trying to do to prevent human beings from moving around their own hometown. Yes, certainly. So good day, uh, Dr. Lee. Great to be back on the show. Um, So uh, people may be aware that uh, historically 
big city centers had problems with air quality. And that's probably still true of a number of cities. Uh, but many of the European cities have had very significant clean air acts over the last decades. You know, for example, dirty coal has been banned from burning even in houses. People use uh, smokeless fuel or they use gas or electricity. So, and of course, over the last um, several decades, um, motor cars and, and lorries and buses have had their exhausts cleaned up tremendously with the fitment of exhaust catalysts um, and numerous sensors and computers that help keep the exhausts very, very clean. So they're very low in terms of uh, emissions. Nevertheless, uh, a few years ago, the mayor of London, uh, Sadiq Khan, who we recently learned is the chairman of the International C40 Cities Group, which we should come back to. It's a whole group of uh, people who are acting to uh, uh, theoretically improve the uh, living conditions of people in big cities, but really I think they are tyrants in disguise. But the Sadiq Khan introduced um, a four-letter acronym called ULEZ, U-L-E-Z, uh, it's ultra-low emission zone, where he said if you drive into central London, your car has to be of the most modern type, and if it's not, then you have to pay £12.50 a day. So the idea that it's about pollution is crazy because most people could afford to pay £12.50 a day when they had to drive their white van in to an office to do some electrical fitments or whatever, uh, or if you needed to go to a restaurant. Now, the central London ULES is just considered by most people an expensive irritant, but it doesn't affect too many people because very modern cars um, are not charged. And most of the fees, I think, fall onto workmen who then charge their clients. What has happened in the last month or so is this ultra-low emission zone has been spread out to cover the whole of Greater London, pretty much inside the London Orbital M25 motorway. So it's it really goes right out now into the edge of uh, West Kent, which is pretty much rural, uh, but it's still the same rules, and they've fitted hundreds if not thousands of cameras which are um what do they call them number plate recognition uh, automatic number plate recognition uh, software so basically if you drive past it knows who you are where where you were when you were and it will automatically find you uh, so this expanded ULES or ultra low emission zone makes no sense to most people because outer london's never been um uh, never had bad air not not during my lifetime um, and I know a bit about this field because I researched ozone and uh, lung health in the 80s and early 90s. Um, and it turns out I happen to know one of the professors at Imperial College who is providing the, the inverted commas data, the model for the mayor of London on the basis of which he's operating this scheme. And I'm afraid this, this guy, you may remember in 2020, there was a guy called Professor Neil Ferguson at Imperial he was doing Bill Gates bidding and making horrific predictions about uh, COVID. And it was on that basis that lockdown happened. Well, uh, another professor at Imperial, I won't name him today, uh, who I know slightly is providing, I think, incorrect information, modeling these, uh, the effect of uh, low level, em level emissions on, on health. I don't think anyone is now dying of bad air in London. Uh, above ground London air is so clean that if you spend a day there and then blow your nose when you come home, you don't have any black anymore. It's so clean. 
Um, anyway, so two things to tell you. One is um, the whole thing is is a tyrannical uh, move to control people because you know I've spent my life in respiratory and I'm not making it up. I do not believe air quality is an issue in central London and probably in no northern European uh, capital cities. It's not a problem. And the only reason for charging people is either to take money from them or my greater concern is it's about getting people used to the idea that the authorities can regulate and measure and monitor where you are at all times. I think that's the big reason. I'll come back to why I think that in a moment. This is tyrannical, and we have to stand against tyranny and not accept these ridiculous, nonsensical rules because their effect is, is to tyrannize people, and we have to resist wherever we can. You have to protest uh, and, and so on. Now, I can't encourage anyone to break the law, but I can report that a group that calls themselves the Blade Runners um, have been busy shinning up lampposts and removing the these cameras, these um, automatic number plate recognition cameras. And I think several hundred of them have, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't encourage crime uh, breaking at the law, but several hundred of these cameras have been removed and they've expanded the number of Blade Runners from about eight brave people. Apparently they're now into three figures of people who have agreed to go out with a balaclava and cut the wire or paint the front of the camera or even physically remove it with an angle, a battery-powered angle grinder. So, so you don't accept this. Don't accept this. This, Even if there was a, an air pollution problem, I would say, let's fix the air pollution problem. Let's not start charging everyone to move around their city because this is terrifying. Something I learned today, although it's it's a little bit uh, older, it's a consultation that was launched earlier this, this, this summer, uh, they are, the London is planning, instead of charging people for moving around in their car, so that it would be the car with its registration plate that is the taxed item, the proposal that they are consulting on right now, ladies and gentlemen, is that you and I become the item that's monitored and taxed for moving. The citizens of London, I am told, by the December the 31st, 2023, will have to download, if this consultation is not proposed, they will have to download an app called the Move It app, without which it will be illegal for them to move around on the streets of London, whether on a bicycle, on foot, on horse, in a train, in a taxi or a car. And you will be charged per mile according to some criteria not yet released. And I say to you, when I heard this, I felt absolutely chill because... I've been saying for three years, please do not sign up for digital ID. You, you do not need a digital ID to live your life. But I believe the tyrannical perpetrators of many crimes need you to have a digital ID. So I'll, I'll pause at this point, but it's gone rather shockingly from monitoring a few smoky cars in central London to a proposal, not yet law, to license each individual by app and um, uh, geostationary satellites and uh, you'd be monitored by cameras and stuff like that. You have to carry a smartphone to move around your city. This is horrifying. Anyway, I'll stop there. Well, no, it is horrifying. And, and actually, I hope everyone listening sits up and takes notice. This is horrifying beyond comprehension that the powers in office 
could perpetrate such a crime on humanity that they think they have the arrogance, hubris, and Machiavellian mind to think that they could control and regulate individual human beings' human be movements on their on their feet, as well as, as, well as bicycle and whatever else there may be happening. This is truly shocking and everyone listening needs to to really take heed when we talk about standing against tyranny you cannot sign up for these digital ids that are going to be tied they're already telling you they're going to restrict your movements by vehicle and plane now they are telling you in london in England, which has been the epicenter of all of these tyrannical controls on life, they're now telling you that they're going to regulate your individual human movements. This is so outrageous, we cannot allow that to stand. And listeners, all of you America, across America and around the world, all of you listening, there are millions more of us as average people than there are of those who are trying to enforce these draconian and evil controls on our ability to be free human beings. So resisting and simply saying no, this is one time where doing nothing, in other words, do nothing when they tell you to sign up for a digital ID, don't sign up for it. Doing nothing may save your life. And they're going to be charging you money for breathing, for moving, for driving your car, for anything. So you may as well pay a fine to resist the tyranny. This is getting to the point where it is an evil beyond words. And we together are stronger. There are more of us than there are of the elites trying to control us. Other comments from my team? Uh, yeah, Dr. Lee, I'd just like to come back to that first point Mike made about, um, you know, the idea that air quality in, in cities in the West is so terrible that it's affecting people's health. Well, there was a freedom of information request made to the UK in terms of how many people in the last 20 years had actually died of, as a result of uh, air pollution in London. And the answer came back one person. So this incredible cost. And, and I think uh, even according to Sadiq Khan's you know, projections, uh, what they will reduce in terms of carbon emissions uh, for the whole of London comp uh, with this measures for the ULES zones, the, the driving zones that are being uh, put in place or have been put in place, is something like you know, 0.1 or one, less than 1% of the total carbon emissions from London. So it, it's really a, a complete drop in the ocean. Uh, as Mike said, you know, it's I think it's really designed about driving a wedge into society to try and force people to take up digital identification, limit where they go, uh, reduce what kind of, you know, foods they eat and, and force them into eating uh, manufactured foods that they buy from um, digital id controlled supermarkets uh, it's just a, it's a digital prison essentially which we've talked about uh, every week 
Well, yes, and it goes to the depopulation agenda, the master plan over the last hundred years that you were going to talk about with the Daigle forecast and and the collusion between Daigle and Rockefeller and the U.S. CIA and U.S. Department of Defense. Why don't you mention the key points about that? now and we can talk more about it in yeah the we can talk about that, that later dr lee yes well i mentioned this a couple of weeks ago uh, there was a, a website called deagle.com or deagle.com which is a, you know kind of online obscure entity that was really known because it was a bit like the james annual i don't know if people read james manuals which tell you all about the fighting machines of different countries Deagle was an online version of that. They told, you know, the US, how many tanks have they got of different kinds? How many warplanes have they got? What is their GDP? So, you know, a kind of almanac about the US. But sometime around 2017, 18, I think, they came out with this bizarre prediction about what uh, world GDP would be like in 2025 and what the population numbers of various countries would be. And what they predicted was that in the US and the UK, for example, there would be a 70% reduction of population by 2025. This raised a lot of eyebrows on the internet. People claim, you know, who is Deagle? Where does this person come from? And the answer came by, oh, well, you know, they, they just make these predictions based on GDP. And, and we think the GDP is going to drop for all these countries. So therefore, we said the population would go down. I mean, by 70%. Are you kidding me? Um. Anyway, then... I think around when COVID struck, Deagle took this down off their website because it was raising so many eyebrows on social media and and alternative sites. Um, But thanks for the Internet Archive, it still exists. So you can go back through the web um, archive and and pull it up. What's happened just now is is a... Uh, alternative news source called the expose in the uk had found a lot of freedom of information requests from the us that looked at the relationship between uh the man that ran dr edwin deagle that ran deagle.com and the cia the rockefeller foundation and various aspects of the us government including bill clinton etc so it seems that uh, Dr. Deagle was very well connected with the CIA. And rather than just being you know, some interested man that set up this website and wanted to tell people about the future and how many warplanes the US had, for example, it was actually probably a CIA-linked um, NGO of some kind. And perhaps even this, you know, this prediction of 70% population reduction was some kind of neurolinguistic programming or... Um, dropping the information out there as as they tend to do in film and popular culture so that when these things actually come to pass uh people aren't that surprised so that's that's the uh, we can i can put the link to the article in the show notes but it provides a lot of foi request letters between us authorities and deagle showing that actually he was quite well connected with um the secretary of defense and deputy secretary of defense under rockefeller um also with yeah uh, sorry under clinton also the rockefeller foundation so mr deagle died last year i think so he's no longer around but uh, this prediction was very chilling that mainly western countries so canada us a lot of european countries japan um would reduce their populations by about 60 to 70 percent by 2025 well that also ties in 
with the heavily vaccinated Western countries and the skyrocketing death rates that we're seeing across all of the heavily vaccinated Western countries. Let's come back to this in more detail in the second half, but that, that Daigle report is very chilling and it's they tried to dismiss it as, oh, this is just one man's uh, musings and forecasts. No, it's definitely not that. There's definitely a longstanding cooperation between the DOD, CIA, Rockefeller Foundation, and the Daigle group, even though Dr. Daigle himself died a couple of years ago, this is still ongoing and it is still very ominous in terms of the projections, but the projections are fitting with the data that we now see. I mean, they remember this was made in 2017. And when you look at the death rates from the COVID shots in the heavily vaccinated countries, Edward Dowd's data has shown a, a, a six standard deviations, at least, above the norm on the deaths. So we're on track to reach those projections. And in 2017, when these projections were released, remember, they already knew the plans on the experimental mRNA vaccines that were coming. We didn't, but they did. Dr. Gilthorpe, comments? Uh, yes, totally. And I'd just like to come back to this point that uh, Mike made about um, C40 cities. I mean, so this is 40 cities around the globe. Uh, Stockholm in Sweden is one, Oslo in Norway, for example, and London, and there's maybe 15 in the US. So these are the flagships for this introduction of uh, new behaviours before Agenda 2030 is fully rolled out. But I just want to mention to people that this is just, you know, this is one aspect. Um, many of these uh, city initiatives to cause your local city to become climate neutral are happening under different banners. And that I see them aggregating now. So there's one in Sweden called um, the Viable Cities Initiative. And they just released a statement to say that 23 cities in Sweden will now adopt this Viable Cities Initiative, which is, is like a mini C40. Um, it's, you know, together towards climate neutral cities. So we, what we're going to do is build entirely new cities uh, and take everyone off the land and move them into the cities to save the climate. Uh, have you? I never heard anything so ridiculous as when someone said we would replace all petrol engine cars and replace them with electric cars to save the planet as well. It, it just... It's ridiculous. I mean, and I, I don't I realize that people fall for it because, you know, there may be some initiatives to get you a cheaper electric car. You pay a little less tax for a while, but you won't have any places to charge your electric cars. And actually, they're not selling that well anyway. So there, there's a huge surplus in uh, production of cars, electric cars that people don't actually want to buy. This is very good because it shows you that people aren't really falling for it. But if you read the news, you'll think that it's a great thing and everyone's trying to do it, which they aren't. So Well, and the, the mining operations to get the, the minerals needed to make those batteries are devastating to the planet. They're using child labor. It's just horrific. Mm. And then you've got all of the toxicity of the lithium batteries. Andrea, you had some comments. Yeah, it's a very important thing. It's to say to people that uh, 
emission of CO2 from side of a human is not a main driver of climate changes. Not at all. I had an honor to have an interview with uh, Judith Curry. She's a professor emeritus of Georgia Tech. And uh, she wrote a book by the name of uh, Climate Uncertainty and Risk. And she explains everything inside. And the main conclusion we can say is when you mix science and politics, you get politics. And that's, <laughs> that's what exactly we are facing. right. That's exactly we are right. facing policy what doesn't have any support in science, reports what we are receiving from the side of IPCC, that's Inter Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Changes, are politics, not science. They're choosing, cherry-picking scientists who are supporting their politics, and then they make recommendation. When you read inside these 3,000 pages, and you can find it in book of Mr. Stephen, uh, who is uh, Unsettled, name of the book is Unsettled, you can see explanation inside that nothing what a really scientist says in the report is put in the suggestion for the policy makers. Now we are facing that they are only looking for the reason to implement something what will lead to total control, implement of kind of a, a new kind of society. We can say, and I see uh, example of Chinese so, uh, social uh, science uh, um, society with total control. And uh, people, when they are afraid because of all this forecast of, of uh, uh, catastrophic uh, um, climate changes, it's just propaganda, nothing else. And I suggest to everybody to read this book, also this book, Unsettled, and you can find inside what is really science and what really scientist says, everything else is politics. You're exactly right. And it, the politics are all about the agenda of control, destruction, and death. Death of people like us, they consider useless, and people that they dis decide, the elites decide, are the undesirables and that goes back to the very words of Margaret Sanger a hundred years ago, that basically all of us are undesirable except the elites. It's very much the Hillary Clinton attitude during her campaign when she called all of us the deplorables. And then we started mocking it in our responses on social media. And we were all proudly wearing the label, we are the deplorables. We are the as Les Miserables, we are the angry men that stand against the elite's efforts to kill us and control us or control us and then kill us. Let's take a break and we'll be right back after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the International Vaccine and More Report. And we want you to check out all of our whistleblower reports at www.whistleblowerreports.org and truthforhealth.org, where we have a new store we're launching to help you 
improve your health and resilience. And check out our vaccine injury treatment guide. If you've gotten one of these COVID shots and boosters and you need help because your health is getting bad and worse and you're having problems nobody's explaining, Download our vaccine injury treatment guide and donate to support our work to bring you the truth against the lies and deception. We'll be right back after the break. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with Dr. Michael Yeadon, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, and Andrea Klarich, journalist from Croatia, joining our international team, bringing you the news the media tries to suppress. And in the first half, we were talking about the new draconian controls on even your ability to move around on your own two feet in London, and that's coming as they try to spread that tyrannical control agenda everywhere across the Western world. And we talked about the CIA, DOD, and Rockefeller Foundation connections with the Daigle.com projections for massive depopulation in the Western countries by 2025 and beyond. Before we go into more detail on these connections behind Daigle.com, and that's D-E-A-G-E-L, if those of you want to look it up, you may need to go to the Wayback Machine to find the previous web archive. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about the fact that the whole vaccine saga has been tainted with more cover-up and more deception than many of us in medicine certainly have realized. I was always taught early in my medical career that the smallpox vaccine was actually one of the major success stories of the world. And I got a smallpox vaccine as a child. I've, I've had a boosters of that um, for travel when I got my first passport at age 21. And yet, just recently, Michael Yan uncovered an archive of a medical report from 1889 in London that discussed the data at the time on the smallpox vaccination campaign. And 
while the article itself is quite lengthy and we will have it on our website because it's obviously very hard to find, it was shocking to see that in just the key points, they found two major points that that I was shocked to learn. Number one, the vaccination for smallpox did not stop deaths from smallpox. Gosh, where have we heard that lie before? Secondly, smallpox vaccination did not stop the spread of smallpox. In fact, it seemed to increase it. And that was based on the data of the records they were keeping at the time. That is exactly what we've seen with the COVID shots. It didn't stop people from getting COVID, so it didn't stop the disease, and it didn't stop the spread. Wow. Dr. Eden and Dr. Gilthorpe, both of you are uh, scientists, physician, um, and me as a physician. And I think we all read this with a great deal of shock at what the data actually found in the late 1800s and has been covered up all this time. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is Mike Eden. I'm, I did read this before, and it's one of these things that you just think, well, that's just kind of so long ago, is it relevant? But it is, I'm just looking. And uh, the government of England made it mandatory for children to be vaccinated against smallpox. And uh, of course, data gathering and sharing was, was very poor uh, at that time. And so it was very difficult for people to know what was really going on. But people were getting the impression that it wasn't helping, that if anything, smallpox would continue in towns that were heavily vaccinated and were very concerned that you know, maybe they were even dangerous. Um, and it came down in the end to a, a, the a city of Leicester uh, in, in England uh, in the uh, early to mid-Victorian era. So this is 1860, 1880. And it turns out that enough parents um, stood against tyranny resisted and simply refused to allow their children to be vaccinated. And there was there was quite a fight, you know, both physically and legally. But eventually, I believe the government gave, gave up uh, the mandatory vaccination for polio uh, against that. Um, that's about all I know, that, uh, that, that there was a group of people who stood in Leicester and that was that was the end of it. Um, but it, it didn't look it did not look like it was going well. Um, why why it was going on, I don't know enough about the history. So maybe Jonathan or anybody else knows they can, they can help me out here. Yeah, well, I just referred to the document, Dr. Lee, uh, by Alfred R. Wallace, LLD. I'm not sure what LLD stands for, actually, but um, it was called Vaccination Proved Useless and Dangerous from 45 Years of Registration Statistics. So... Uh, what Mr. Wallace did was to take the official government statistics for 45 years and reanalyze them and showed that, um, you know, there was a very, very minor decline in smallpox. But in, in contrary to that, there was also some very serious epidemics, which seemed to be potentially linked to the vaccination program. Uh, I'll just read the last the last point, which I think was very is very poignant for what we see today. 
It says the uh, propositions that I made will be proved from the Register General's report, so official statistics from 1838 to 1882, and I shall make the results clear and indisputable by presenting the figures for the whole period in the form of diagrammatic curves, so that no manipulation of them by taking certain years for comparison or by dividing the period in special ways will be possible, i.e. manipulation of statistics, which is the only way that the authorities have managed to try and convince people that COVID-19 vaccines have been anything, you know, other than harmful. Uh, data, there is data, lies, or what's the phrase? There is, yeah, damn lies and statistics. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think this just goes to show you, Dr. it's a historical find. Of course, it was a very different time. But it shows you that things we try to do as humans on grand scale to make the world better and get us towards this utopia almost never work. They usually create new problems, which we then have to try and chase and solve in a different way. And this is, you know, everything we talk about from vaccinations for COVID to uh, ultra low emission zones, carbon capture by chopping down lots of trees, etc., uh, are just attempts by humans to do the same old things we've been doing for, for uh, millennia, just we have new technology to do it, and we still mess it up. So um, keep keep your feet on the ground, everyone, and, and don't believe uh, what you read in the news is my <laughs> the best advice I can give. Well, I think that's excellent advice. And we just learned that the latest Machiavellian diabolical idea from this warped destructive mind of Bill Gates is that now he's looking at ways to chop down 70 million acres of North American forest in this uh, just delusional idea that he can play God with the planet and decide whether carbon dioxide is needed or not. Carbon dioxide is necessary for plants to survive, to make oxygen for life, animal and human life to survive. And I don't know how Bill Gates thinks he's going to survive as a human being if he chops down 70 million acres of forest and the oxygen in the atmosphere declines to the point that it can't sustain life, he's not going to live either. So this whole, this whole idea is actually, it fits with the psychiatric definition of a delusion, a fixed false belief out of contact with reality. These, these people are literally meeting the definition, the psychiatric definition of delusional disorder. Yeah, when they yeah. perpetrate if these I, ideas. I agree. If I could, if I could just add um, that uh, carbon, carbon dioxide, you know, carbon in the form of carbon dioxide in the air, it's not just uh, plant food, as we say, although that is true. It is the only source of carbon that plants, including food crops, use uh, to form carbohydrates in response to sunlight. So they trap the energy in their chlorophyll, you know, the green pigment, and they and then they take carbon dioxide and bind it together to make sugar. Ultimately, that's that is, and then animals, you know, uh, that use food crop to um, to grow grass-fed beef and so on, 
they're, they're feeding on the sunlight, you know, the plant matter that's derived from uh, the sun's capture, the energy capture by the plants. And so whether you eat vegetables or meat um, or eggs and enjoy the greenery around you, all of that requires a combination of at least sunlight and carbon dioxide in order for it to work. So we are, we are all solar powered, really, just indirect through through plants and animals. So well, you're, yeah, you're so right. He's literally crazy. He's literally well, crazy. He's, he's delusional. And, yeah. and I mean, this is this is a delusion. It, it's a fixed false belief by definition that he's out of touch with reality. Well, in addition, now that you know, we've we've heard them say, "Oh well, you'll eat in, you'll eat sea bugs and be happy," says Klaus Schwab, and you'll eat insects for protein, ground up insects, putting insects in flour. How disgusting! But at any rate, how what the, what the heck are the insects going to eat if there's no plant matter for the insects to feed on? Yeah, I mean the no, whole absolutely. thing is a lot so of ludicrous. Feed on, a lot of insects feed on decaying matter. They're they're an important part of the biosphere, uh, and again, they have to eat something. They have to break chemical bonds in food stuff in order to get the energy. They too rely on solar powered plants, uh, even if it goes through plants to animals, and then they eat whatever. That's but the thing about the thing about insects is it's not energetically in any way better. Uh, I've just described as a biochemist that ultimately the flow of electrons goes from sun through plants through animals and then insects and microorganisms. So, it, it, you know, honestly, you might as well stay where God, nature, and tradition has had us. That is eating the products of uh, plant growth and, and animals, and it is generally not been in the in the social habit of Westerners to eat insects. Um, we don't have. We do not have digestive enzymes to consume the chitin, the, which is the hard shell of insects. We do not have the enzyme to do it. And so if someone says, oh, you should just eat insect flour, they're, they're making, you might as well eat plastic. I, I don't think you can extract anything like the amount of energy that you might think. Uh, and it's also, in my view, revolting. And I think I, I should further say, I think it's deliberately, intentionally humiliating. I think that's part of it. It's, it is revolting, and I think it's meant to be. They can make you do things, and that's, that's the mind of a, an evil tyrant, not just a mad person. I think that's what they're up to, Dr. Lee. No, I think you're exactly right, Dr. Eden. And it goes to the point that Dr. Gilthorpe was bringing up when he shared with all of us the information from the expose news about the CIA, DOD, and Rockefeller Foundation connections as the masterminds behind Daigle.com's 2025 depopulation forecast and how that ties in with the COVID vaccine death data that shows they actually are on track. Let me read you a couple of statistics from this report. This is Daigle predicted in that in 2020, Daigle.com, Dr. Edwin Daigle, predicted that the United States would see its population, population decline decline. by 68.5%. He predicted in 2020 that Germany would see its population decline by 65.1% by 2025. Australia would decline 
by 34.6% by the year 2025, and a huge decline among other Western countries. Now, at first, when people saw that prediction, they thought that this was just some weird speculation. But the current data that we see from the worldwide, particularly Western countries, deaths due to the experimental COVID vaccines suggests that this real world data right now in 2023 aligns very much with these figures driven by the severe and deadly consequences of the COVID-19 shots. Now, there's another piece of this, and, and Dr. Gilthorpe, you've studied this report and may want to add to this, but the U.S. Department of Defense issued a COVID-19 research contract in, wait for it, Ukraine three months prior to the official recognition of the COVID-19 virus. America and all of you around the world listening to this whistleblower report, that raises some very ominous questions, especially when we consider that the U.S. Department of Defense is now known to be intricately connected to Daigle.com, along with the CIA and the Rockefeller Foundation. This is very, very chilling, very alarming, and the deaths are skyrocketing every day. Reports of sudden deaths are happening. Your comments on the um, report from Expose News, Dr. Gilthorpe and Dr. Eden, both of you have have looked at this extensive report, and we'll we'll have the link um, in the show notes. We'll also have the full PDF on our website. Yeah, I, I just I did read have read it. Uh, yes, just briefly today. Uh, yes, the, the the linkage between Diego uh, Diego and as you say, the CIA uh, is unequivocal in that he wrote, I think in 1977, to the then uh, head of the CIA in very warm, familiar terms and received a reply early the next year. So he was in touch uh, uh, with with CIA and he had at that point, Dr. Diagel, taken up a position with the Rockefeller Foundation. So CIA, Rockefeller Foundation and these Diagel uh, population four predictions are 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 clearly, shall we say, um, in lockstep. Um, I've seen the predictions themselves. Uh, I think terrifyingly, I am living in the country, the United Kingdom, with the biggest projected fall. I think it's maybe close to seventy percent, something like that, uh, which would reduce the population from sixty-five million to uh, I don't know um, twenty million or something like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm initially I think well, are the vaccines killing that many people? And I guess a couple of things. One is I don't know. We only know what we're told. Secondly, um, we only know that the people who've died so far. The, the shocking thing is that there are elevated um, death rates everywhere around the world that have been intensely vaccinated, even though the last major jab campaigns finished a long time ago. You know, maybe well over a year ago. Uh, uh, but the other thing that's worth noting, and we haven't focused on it as much, although we have talked about it, is reduced birth rates. 
And I did predict um, the end of 2020, there would be a risk at least of an impact on fertility. And I think I haven't looked at the data recently. I know Jonathan, Dr. Gilthorpe has done, but I think people should be aware that if you have an increased death rate and a reduced birth rate, it's uh, frightening how quickly populations fall. No, you're exactly right. And the the live birth rates are declining across all of the Western countries that are heavily vaccinated, just like the death rates are skyrocketing. You know, the data in this report showed that New Zealand had a 3,400% increase in excess deaths in just 49 weeks throughout 2022 compared to the 53 weeks throughout 2020 before the shot. 3,400%. What's what's particularly, uh, I mean, just just to put things in perspective, most of us realize that, you know, every year you get a little older and uh, your probability of making your next birthday falls and falls steadily. So, I'm 63, it's probably 98.5% if I don't fall under a bus. But by the time you reach your 70s, the probability falls that you make your next birthday. And we know eventually you don't make it. So it's we, we expect old people to die. Um, but what we're seeing with these darn vaccines is it's there's increased deaths across the entire age range, especially, and I know um, uh, uh, Ed, um, what is his name? The, the Wall Ed, Street Ed Edward Dowd has done a lot of work, and he's pointed out that the biggest increase in all-cause mortality is in the working-age population. So not just working-age population, so younger than 65, but also people who, who've got a job and have held down a job. Now, that means generally people have, who have got better better health regimes and, and are fortunate to be of better health, but they are the ones that have suffered the biggest increase in all-cause mortality, including younger people, 20s, 30s, well, 40s. Actually, Dr. Eden, it's a very broad range that Ed Dowd is talking about. It's 18, age 18, 18 to, to 45. Okay. The no, it's horrifying. That, so that was my point. That population, young people, and that is young your people point. generally don't die at much of a rate. And so it doesn't take much of an increase to be a horrific percentage. And that's that's what we're seeing. And, you know, I'm fortunate in my family so far, but I, I know friends of friends who've lost people in surprising you know died suddenly is it's not funny it's almost everybody knows a number of people who died suddenly and uh, what i'm hearing a lot of is people around my age late 50s early 60s who are uh, in terminal cancer having uh, having the news come out of the blue and then they find they're in stage three or stage four i know a personal friend has just got news of a brain cancer she's 62 and not expected to survive it's gone to her bones She's been jabbed three times. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing it in my practice as well. Yeah. We've had more cancers in the people in my practice who generally were pretty healthy and low risk for cancer. Right. Um, it, it, it's been shocking in as 2021 went on by November 2021, one of my patient services coordinators said, you know, Dr. Valine, we've seen more cancers in this month alone than I've seen the whole 18 years I've worked with you. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I believe you. That's, that's and, and I was encouraging yeah. people not to get the shot because, honestly, 
even before the data was so damaging about all of the devastating adverse events, I was concerned about the damage to the endocrine system that you and I were discussing yeah. very mm-hmm. early on, Dr. Absolutely. And And I also made the point to my own patients, look, I'm treating COVID illness. People haven't gone in the hospital. They haven't died. We treat you early we have treatments available. You don't need to take the risk of an experimental shot. We have no long-term safety data on. And that's what I was saying yeah. early on. No, I agree. And, and just to summarize, then I would say for, for, for uh, you know, <laughs> for the sake of humanity, if, if anyone comes running at you with a, a, a rapidly developed vaccine that is especially gene-based uh, novel technology, please don't accept it. The, the, the risk to your health is much greater than than, than, than any of the diseases they might claim is happening. Please don't sign up for digital ID. You don't need it. And, and I also advise people, if they can, to use cash as much as possible because it's anonymous and signals freedom. And I think those would be the three things I would advise. Excellent. Um, your closing comments and advice, Andrea and Jonathan. Well, I will have this week um, interview with two doctors, one is oncologist and one pathologist, because they are established strong correlation between vaccines and uh, and cancers, these turbo cancers. And that will be something interesting and I would like every one of you to see, because the only reason why we don't have confirmation that is connected because nobody wants to confirm it. They have information, they know it, but it's very hard now to confirm it because they were involved in calling people to take vaccines. Uh, when we replaced existing political leaders who were forcing this on people, then we can uh, make a real investigation and see what happens. And uh, last, my message is do not comply. It's simple. There is a lot of us who haven't received any kind of vaccine, who didn't accept a vaccine passport, who did not comply. We suffered, of course. We've been fined, of course, but we are alive. Live and we are example for you in the future. Whoever tries to force you anything, you can always say no. Please do it. Excellent advice. Dr. Gilthorpe, your closing comments. Uh, yes, Dr. Lee. Well, I think it's it's undeniable, everyone, that the, the level of toxicity caused by these gene-based vaccines is, you know, way off the scale. There was a study in January in a group of health workers, I think 150 health workers that have been vaccinated, <clears throat> and they tested them to see how many autoimmune antibodies they were producing. And 30% of the people had all produced significant levels of autoimmune antibodies. So whether that comes across as an autoimmune disease or cancer at some point later, turbo cancer later, you know, people who've accepted these have been injured. Uh, The only thing I think you could do now, if you're one of those people and you're worried, is get onto something like FLCCC, the COVID Care Alliance, and try and go through one of these detox protocols to get this protein out of your body as quickly as possible and never accept another one uh, as long as you live. 
Well, actually, we have our vaccine injury treatment guide yeah. written for lay people at Truth FOR Health that is user-friendly, easy to use, and has steps that people can begin to take on their own, even if you don't have access to a doctor who can do prescriptive medications. So it's not just FLCCC, Truth For Health Foundation has led the way with resources to put people with tools at their own disposal in your own hands so that you can take the steps to improve your health and get rid of the damaging effects. We take you through a systematic approach to the classes of damage in your body so that you understand how you you don't just clear out spike protein and spike protein detox. That's not adequate. You have to look at what are the kinds of damage that are happening in your body? What are the markers of those? And then systematically look at putting the pieces of the puzzle together in an organized way, like I do with my own patients, so that each of you have the tools at your disposal to improve your health. So don't forget to go to truthforhealth.org, download our vaccine injury treatment guide, and start on your road to recovery, health, and resilience. And we'll be back next week with more on the international report and vaccine updates and steps and advice to help you keep your freedom and your life intact and stand against the tyranny. Just say no to more controls on your life. This is Dr. Lee for America. We'll be back next week. Check us out at truthforhealth.org.